When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, episode 194. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find your life's purpose. So if you're on the spiritual path, but you're looking for actionable steps that you can take today to change your life, then make sure you listen on and take notes because you are at the right place. Today's review is titled Episode 163. Today's iTunes review is by user named Twink201613, who writes, I love every podcast of My 7 Chakras. This one is great. Her philosophical views on leadership are refreshing. Thank you so much for providing such an inspirational podcast. Now, she's referring to the episode on Cherokee Wisdom, which was episode 163. Twink, you are very welcome. Thank you so much for being an action taker. Action Tribe, if you want some airtime and if you want your review to be read out, make sure you share your views and your experiences in the form of an iTunes review. How do you do that? It's super simple. If you're on your podcast app on your iPhone, just hit reviews and then hit write a review. You can also use this link to jump directly onto the iTunes review page. The link you need is my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. You see, I'm super proud of all the reviews I get. And that's why I'm currently reading out each and every one of them. So before things change, make sure you get in your reviews because each review counts. And now I'm super excited and really happy to bring you our featured guest for today, Bruce Langford. So Bruce, are you ready to inspire? I certainly am and I'm excited to inspire. Awesome. So Bruce Langford is a mindfulness advocate and founder of the Mindfulness Mode podcast. Previously a bullying prevention presenter, Bruce gradually integrated mindfulness concepts into his programs, now working full-time in the field. So Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I can't wait to get started. Yeah, great to be here, AJ. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, before we move on, tell us something unique about you. Anything. Well, I really love to paint. And since I was a little boy, I can remember this day when I was about six years old and my dad was painting a wooden gate. And I said, can I do that? And I did a little bit of painting. And from that day on, I love to paint, whether it's pictures, whether it's rooms, whether it's the outside of a house, I just love to paint. And I don't know whether it's because I I just love to restore something and make it look fresh and new, or in the case mm-hmm. of a painting, I like to create. That's part of what I enjoy. So that's just something I don't normally talk about, but I really do yeah. enjoy painting. Beautiful. It's quite uh, fascinating that you mentioned gate because gate or a door has a huge impact in in my life uh, for some reason or the other because if you think about the the band the doors and I think Paulo Coelho has a wonderful quote on the doors as well because you know it's uh, from time to time in life we are always exiting one door and entering or opening another door and so to me that represents opportunity and uh, beginning a new chapter in life so thanks a lot for bringing that thought into our show today and uh, my question is what is your favorite inspirational quote And how do you apply this quote in your life? Well, my favorite inspirational quote is by Latsu. And it's, when you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. And I think we just live in a society where 
you know, the norm is always reaching out for more. You know, I, mm. I'm looking forward to getting a new car or moving to a new home or maybe something on a smaller scale. But I think once I really started to live my life this way, I think it caused me to be able to feel more relaxed and more calm. And I realized, you know what, my life is not necessarily going to be better just mm -hmm. because I have something more. There really is nothing lacking. So that's how I apply that yeah. to my life, AJ. Beautiful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Action Tribe, I know that you're a goal setter. I know that you have a huge vision for your life and for the people around you. And I know that you take a lot of action. But just think about this for a moment. Realize that there's nothing lacking in your life and that you're whole and complete in and of yourself because the whole world really belongs to you. Thanks a lot for sharing that with us, Bruce. So. Let's dive in. Uh, what really inspired you to start your podcast, Mindfulness Mode? Well, I was inspired because I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I worked in bullying prevention and I really enjoy that, still work in that field to a certain extent. And it's something where I feel like I'm helping people. I do a lot of talks and keynotes and that kind of thing, presentations. And so I was involved in quite a bit of travel going to my uh, presentations. And I would um, listen to podcasts and to books on audio and that kind of thing. And the more I listened and learned, the more I realized life is just about now, the moment right now. And, you know, don't worry so much about the past. Don't be so concerned about the future. And the more I realized that, the more I realized there was a very, very close tie to the whole topic of bullying, because a lot of people, a lot of children and adults become very anxious because they're not living in the now. So the more I immersed myself in this and read books and learned and, and really started acting on it, meditated and started doing these kinds of things that I learned, I realized, you know, I really want to teach this because this will help reduce bullying for people in their lives. Wonderful. So like you mentioned, you were working in bullying prevention and you still do that. And you found through your presentations, through your talks, uh, you, you found a topic which is mindfulness. You begin listening to podcasts and audio. And then the wisdom, like you mentioned, dawned upon you that there is power in the now. Uh, and, and then there's no real reason to be afraid, worried, or anxious about what is going to happen because whatever change that you have to make, you can do so right now. So my question is, according to your experience and your study, what is mindfulness and what is not mindfulness? Mindfulness is not judging others. Mindfulness is living in the moment and being just being aware of what's happening right now. But like I said first, not judging others, not judging other situations, not judging myself. And I think that's one of the biggest things is to be really aware of my thoughts because I think there was a point in my life where I was not aware so much of what was happening. Mm -hmm. And then once I became aware, it changed everything. So that's what mindfulness is to me. And it really, truly has changed my life. To When I was young, I had a lot of anxiety. And much of that anxiety seems to have disappeared and just left me. Beautiful. I love that you mentioned that mindfulness is not judging others, but also mindfulness is not judging your own self because we can be our own critics. And uh, as time passes by or months pass by, especially if a person is a high performer or has high standards for him or herself, then there's a high tendency that this person might judge themselves. And that leads to uh, a lot of challenges and uh, self-sabotage and things like that. But like you mentioned, mindfulness is living in the moment. Now, my question is about meditation. Now, meditation is a huge area, right? a huge topic, and there are different types of meditation. But what is the difference between something like a mindfulness meditation and some other forms of meditation that you might have come across? Yes, you're right. There are many types of meditations, and I learn about them so much from the guests I have on my show, AJ. And one type of meditation is a type of meditation where you immerse yourself in nature, and you just yes. get out there, and maybe you're walking, or maybe you're just sitting there or maybe you're you're jogging or running or hiking any form 
uh, like that can be meditation for the individual person. And we all find different ways that meditation works for us. Some find a sport can be their form of meditation, like swimming yeah. or you know something like that. Some people find their form of meditation is simply complete silence. And that is the best kind of meditation for them. And of course, there are others who enjoy guided meditations. And for mm. those of you who have never meditated or if you've just maybe thought a little bit about it, I just suggest a great way to take that first step is not think about it too much. Just sit down, close your eyes, and for two minutes, don't do anything and don't worry about your thoughts. Just think about your breath and just start there. That's a great first step. Beautiful. So we'll get more into this. I mean, we'll talk more about the actual how-to of uh, mindfulness meditation. But my question is, how has mindfulness impacted your life? Now, you've touched on it a bit. I just I was wondering if you could dive a bit deeper about how mindfulness has changed your life. Mindfulness has changed my life in so many areas, including, including my work, my personal yeah. life at home. It's changed how I look at exercise, the fitness of my body, the just everything that goes on daily in my life because I now think about now what's happening and think about, like I mentioned earlier, my thoughts. Yeah. Think about, is that really a thought that is productive, is helping me? Is that something I'd like to redirect my thoughts? So, in the past, I never really thought about my thoughts <laughs> so much. <laughs> and so mindfulness has really changed my life in, in those areas where I, I'm really more focused on, on just what's happening and, and my body too and my health. So I've changed my eating habits and I've changed, you know, other things about my life as far as exercise and just to be a more healthy person because I love the feel of it when I'm eating healthy and exercising. Got it. So how do you go about incorporating a mindful practice in your day-to-day -day life? Like, is it something that you schedule or how do you go about it? I think you just, you just begin to think differently and you just, okay. and just in a very small step, you just think to yourself, okay, how does this feel right now? So right now, maybe I'm eating something and I just slow down and I, just notice the texture of it. I notice the smell. I notice the the way it feels when it touches my tongue. Then I notice the sensation as I put it in my mouth. Now, that's an example with eating. But yeah. no matter what you're doing at any time, just slow down, think about the experience, and just almost just take it step by step. And you'll all of a sudden realize, Oh, that is really different compared to how I, you know, how I kind of experienced this activity previously. Mm -hmm. That is a form of mindfulness. That's a way to begin a practice of mindfulness. Got it. Now, I've also read that you say that 90% of mindfulness is about mindset, right? Because you have tools, but tools are a small component. And 90% of it is about the mindset. What do you mean by that? It's about the way you think about it. I think that we can gather together so many tools. Uh, many of us are very detail-oriented and we think, okay, yeah. I need a tool for this. I need a tool for that. And if it's mindfulness, okay, we need to collect all these tools. And it's really important to just think, okay, what's the big picture? How do I really want to feel? How do I want to come across in life? And just, just uh, take some time and just be quiet and think. And of course, journaling is a big part of this. And I think if you do this, you'll realize that the mindset part, the part where you are thinking, you are processing the thoughts, you have stopped and processed thoughts in a way that you never have in the past. And through meditation and that tied in with journaling, I think you will begin to uncover some secrets about yourself that you never knew existed. It can completely change the way you look at yourself or, in other words, completely begin to change your mindset. Got it. Now, you spoke about journaling. How does a person go about 
journaling as a part of a mindfulness practice like what do they write are there some question stems that they work on or do they write down what's going on in their mind how do they go about using this journal so to speak that's a great question there are so many ways to begin journaling but let's keep it simple because i think as human beings we tend to complicate things and i say to my clients i say to them just simply write three words on a piece of paper Don't take your time thinking about worrying about what you'll write and thinking too much and making it complicated. Just sit down and write these three words. Who am I? And then just begin to write whatever's on your mind. And it doesn't matter what's on your mind. You might want to write, I can't think of anything to write right now. (laughs) You know, and it really doesn't matter. As long as you just begin to write, don't overthink it. Let the words begin to flow. And if you've if you've meditated previously to this, you mm. probably will be in a more relaxed state and those words will flow. And if you're comfortable with the pen and writing that way on paper, words will begin to flow. And if you're not, for you, it may work better sitting at a keyboard and letting those words flow onto the screen. Or you may be a person who really isn't comfortable with either one of those and you just want to hit record on your phone. Mm. And it's not exactly journaling, but it's a way to share your thoughts with yourself. So sometimes I encourage some of my clients to do that if they find there's a block happening when they go to write. Got it. So I think that's a great question prompt. And I love the fact that you suggest that there is no one size fits all approach for everyone, right? Some people prefer to write, some people prefer to record their voice. And it depends from person to person. But the goal is to get your thoughts out and introduce your thoughts to yourself and preferably do this journaling uh, after a meditation session so that you're relaxed, you're calm, and you're content and grateful. So thanks a lot for sharing that. What are some common mistakes that you see people make early on when they're learning mindfulness? One of the most common mistakes I see is when people begin to meditate and they are alarmed. They're surprised. They don't realize there were so many thoughts in their mind. And they many times have the, the misconception that their mind should be clear and there should be no thoughts. And when in fact, don't worry about those thoughts. Let the thoughts happen. You can take yourself back to your breath. But one of the most important parts of meditation, and that's why I started with this earlier, AJ, is not judging. So when you sit down to meditate, it's very tempting to think, oh, why am I, why am I thinking about that? Why am I thinking about my trip next week? Why am I worrying about such and such? And in fact, just let those thoughts flow. Because the more you try to block thoughts, I find the more problem I have, I just become a little more tense instead of more relaxed. So that's the biggest problem I see is people will come to me and they say, well, I can't meditate. I don't have Mm. that ability. My mind just doesn't work that way. I have too many thoughts. And (laughs) interestingly, most of us as humans are in that same place. Absolutely. So thanks a lot for sharing what you mentioned is, uh, especially if people are new to Uh, the practice of mindfulness or meditation, people and all of us tend to judge ourselves too much and say that this is what I can do. This is who I am. We all have our own definitions of who we are and our identities and say, no, mindfulness or meditation is not for me. And when they do take that step, uh, when they do start meditating, they might get surprised or alarmed because now they are observing these thoughts come into their mind and they're surprised. Uh, And also this brings to my mind an interview I did a while back by a person named Mike Ferry who gave us a way to observe our thoughts in that not expecting the thoughts not to happen or not to come in the first place, but just imagining we're on the bank of a river and the boats that are gradually passing by are our thoughts. So the boats come into our vision, we recognize them, we acknowledge them and let them drift by. So that is something that is a wonderful visualization technique that he shared on that episode. And it seems like you're suggesting something similar, just recognizing the thoughts, acknowledging them and letting them go by. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely. That's a great metaphor to think of the river, the water, yeah. just see those waves, see the river, just feel the nature of 
what's happening as you sit on the bank of the river and just watch those boats just casually float by. It's a great way to imagine that your thoughts are doing the same thing. They will change and they will disappear. Beautiful. Now, our listeners love to hear stories. So could you talk to us about a person who used mindfulness practices to experience a massive change in their life? Yes. I met Meg Johnson. I met her not personally, but I met her uh, just talking to her on online. And she is a woman who has incredible strength, but she went through a very difficult time because she was injured. She fell from a cliff when she was very young, in her late teens, I believe it was. And she just made a mistake. She made a mistake like a swimmer makes. If they dive into a five-foot pool thinking it'll be just fine, and then they injured their spine. She made a mistake when she was hiking and she was on a mountain and she thought, oh, I can just, she was jumping some different places. And then she thought, I can jump here. And maybe she didn't notice or the the perception of the depth was different. And she thought, I'll jump. And it was much farther than she thought. And she was uh-huh. injured to the point that she became a paraplegic. And as a matter of fact, uh, she doesn't have the use of her legs. I believe she's a quadriplegic. And she went through a very difficult time of feeling like, what is my value? What can I possibly give to the world now? Here I am, just a young adult with my whole life ahead of me, and I'm in a wheelchair. How can I help people? And one day, she just made the decision, I am going to change the way I think about myself and my world. I'm going to get out there. I'm just going to do something to help someone. Oh, I can go to a local school. I can listen to a small child read. Maybe that'll make a difference. And as Meg told me this story, I was so moved by the way she literally changed her own thoughts. She changed her own life based on the mindset of how she chose to think. And so she now is a speaker. She inspires many people with videos. She helps other people who are paralyzed by, she makes speak, she makes videos on YouTube's about how to open packages and about how to do little things that the rest of us wouldn't think about, but she helps others in the world. So I'm very inspired by Meg. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that story. It's really, really inspiring. And what comes to my mind is the impact or the influence that a story has or the on our life, right? Because yes. uh, our lives are driven by the story that we tell ourselves and the narrative that we are living. So Action Tribe, ask yourself right now, what is that story that you are believing about yourself right now? And in order to change, how would that story have to change? Because once you change your story and like the story that we've just heard, you can literally transform your life and the people around you will then look at your life and say, this person is amazing. I am inspired. So thanks for sharing that story. Now, Bruce, you've interviewed numerous people on your show. Have you noticed a theme in terms of how they use mindfulness in their day-to-day lives? I definitely have noticed a theme. I've noticed that almost every one of them has a meditation practice of some kind. They may not even, they may not call it meditation. Maybe for them, it's prayer. Maybe for them, it's, you know, a a time of deep breathing and silence, but they don't refer to it as meditation. But I found that almost everyone gives to themselves. They set aside a period of time every day in most cases where they are actually doing an activity that somehow is either meditation or it's similar to meditation. So that's one of the common denominators I've found, AJ. Beautiful. So there you go, Action Tribe. Set aside some time during the day, which is your time. Time where you can introspect, time where you can journal, time that you can introduce your thoughts to yourself. Set aside some meditation time. So Bruce, uh, I know you've touched on this a while back, but how did you first encounter the concept of mindfulness what was your reaction to it at first my reaction was you know what is this what's this all about is it really that simple i remember i asked someone i went to a a presentation uh and 
the person had been a struggling musician for many years. And then he was able to make a change in his life. He started doing presentations and he all of a sudden created a lot of financial flow. So there was a lot of money in his life and his life completely changed. And I had a chance to talk with him personally. And I said, what is the one thing that changed you? And he said, well, I subscribe to a program and I listened to this over and over in my car. It was an audio program and it was just life changing. And it's really, I can, I can, think back and just think that it was that one program that changed everything. So I bought the same program and listened to Mm. it and it had a number of chapters and I was really interested in listening to the man and he kept referring to one thing. He said, there's one thing that will change your life, but he didn't really nail it. He didn't really go directly to it. He just kind of talked around it for much of the time until the very end of the program where he said three words. He said, this is what I've been leading to. We're finally going to get to the to the real central message of my training. And that's in the next chapter. And there was always like a cliffhanger, you know. And <laughs> so then he finally said, okay, I'm about to reveal the three words to you. And the three words are be happy now. And I thought a lot about that. And I thought, wow. And like, this was a long time ago and I hadn't really done a lot of reading about mindfulness. And that's what mindfulness is thinking of the moment and being happy, being content in the moment. And so that really made a difference for me. And, and I think that for for your listeners, I think it can make a, a big difference as well that, you know, Action Tribe, it's really about being happy now. And so that changed my life. Awesome. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, for someone listening to this show at this very moment who can't wait to begin uh, their practice of mindfulness, is there a simple mindfulness technique or practice that you can share with us today? Yes, there is. I would just look around and think to yourself, is there a way I can immerse myself in nature for a few minutes? Now, if you are in a, you know, a more rural setting, you may be able to just look out the window and see a tree Mm -hmm. and maybe that will be something you can just sit there and enjoy it and maybe enjoy the the air and just you know the feeling of being there in nature if you're in a big city maybe for you you just maybe you look around and you don't see any signs of nature you may have to just bring something up on your monitor which can work too, you know, bring up a beautiful bouquet of flowers or a forest or a calm lake. Just think about nature, bring it into your life, go for a walk if that's something you can do. And just that act of consciously choosing to immerse yourself in nature for a while, give yourself that gift. That can be a great way to consciously begin a mindfulness practice. Awesome. Thanks a lot for that. Action Tribe, I know many of you live in concrete jungles, but if you really think about it, it's not that difficult to find nature. If you are in New York, I'm sure you can go to Central Park. If you are in Vancouver, you have Stanley Park. San Diego, you can go to the beach. So, And if you live in a place where there's no park, you can just look up in the sky. So there's really uh, no excuse. And I'm sure you could find some aspect of nature, a sapling, a tree, some sand, some earth for that matter, and begin your mindfulness practice today itself. To access the show notes for today's episode, visit my 7 forward slash 194. That's my 7 forward slash 194. It matters not how straight the gate how charged with punishments to scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. This is a passage from the poem Invictus by William Ernest Henley. 
action tribe. There are many ways to interpret these profound words, but here's what I get from this. In life, you don't get to choose the circumstances. You don't get to choose the challenges or the trials or the obstacles that come in your life out of nowhere. And many times, it might just seem unjust and unfair what's happening to you right now. But at the end of the day, know this, that you have the power within you to steer the ship of your life in the direction that you choose. You have the power of will and determination that can move mountains. At the end of the day, it's not about where you've come from, but it's about where you're going. And it's not about what happened to you yesterday, but what lies in store for you tomorrow and what you can do about it today. Because as we're learning about mindfulness, if you live like this action tribe, you will realize that every day is a gift because you are the captain of your soul. So Bruce, talk to us about a time when you experienced a major life challenge or an obstacle. How did you get into that situation? And then what steps did you take to overcome it? When I was a teenager, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. I didn't know why. I just knew that I was not in a comfort zone. I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was in the right place for me and I I felt tremendous tension and tremendous anxiety and I had this high squeaky voice and I didn't feel like I was accepted by others. Other people kind of made fun of me sometimes and I I understood that because I thought, well, yeah, I have this squeaky voice and everything else. And so I really resorted to music and I, I just love to sit and play music, learn new songs, learn music. And so I thought, you know what, that is where I feel the best. That's where I feel the most relaxed and the most calm. And how can I really immerse myself even more into that? So when I was 14 years old, I started playing music at my church and I enjoyed that because I had to prepare and work on it. And then I felt a sense of fulfillment when I, when I did, you know, play the music for people. And then when I was 16, I saw an ad in a newspaper that they were looking for a church musician, a choir leader, someone who would play mm-hmm. the organ. And I thought, well, I know I'm young, but I just didn't even stop to think about the fact that I was had just turned 16. I simply applied for the job and they interviewed me and I got the job. So I was uh, playing this music and feeling really rewarded and feeling as though I was in a great place in that part of my life. So I think that's what propelled me forward. And then later I applied for music at university and eventually got a music degree, became a music teacher. I think that's what really made a huge difference that I acted. I took action when I was a teenager and it led me forward. Beautiful. So if you had to share one major life lesson with our listeners today in just one sentence, what would that be? Look around you and embrace what you have. It's part of great gratefulness. It's part of just enjoying what you have and being grateful. And I look around me and I, I see my son and I'm so grateful for him because he has brought so much joy into my life, so much calm. He has a, a way of being mindful himself and I learned from him. And I urge you to just look around you and whatever you see, whoever you see, they may be the biggest gift you have that you don't even realize. Awesome. Thanks a lot for sharing that. It's quite fantastic that you speak about uh, music and that your story was about music because just yesterday I borrowed a guitar and I haven't played the guitar for close to two and a half to three years now. And uh, the reason why I didn't is because you know, life catches up, right? Yes. Uh, And I was working and I'm doing the show. And I felt that maybe playing the guitar wasn't really necessary. And my dad reminded me uh, that, uh, you know, you haven't played music in a while because my dad is in India and I'm in Canada right now. And uh, I didn't want to really spend money, you know, to buy a guitar and somehow had that hesitation. But uh, luckily, uh, Vancouver Library has started uh, renting. Oh, not not even renting. Uh, you, You can borrow your an instrument for free. So it's 
not it's not renting and that's amazing because that <laughs> at once i i i borrowed uh, a guitar and uh, waited for my turn and that was yesterday and uh, it's a beautiful guitar and all of a sudden um you know it brought um, memories back to my life of days 8 to 10 years back when i used to play those very same songs and as you know music has this wonderful way of making you reminisce about uh, days that have passed by so i had a wonderful profound moment uh did a little facebook live stream <laughs> nice and uh, people loved it as well and uh, i think people like it when you are living your true self uh because they get reminded of their true self as well so i think music is this common theme that binds us and brings us together and i love your story you said that when you were a teenager you experienced a lot of anxiety you weren't comfortable you felt out of place and you generally didn't feel accepted and music was your uh, go to experience because it made you feel accepted relaxed and calm uh, and, and you got into it more and more day by day and you found solace playing music at the church and it's funny that our our brains are like a servile mechanism right it's like a gps once you tune into a particular goal you automatically notice signs and nudges uh, all around you and you saw that ad uh, uh, about the church wanting a, a choir lead and you applied for it you took action and you got the job and that sort of acted as a foundation for your life uh, and the wonderful job that you're doing right now for the people and, and the community around you uh, and you effectively taught us to be grateful for what we have in life right now uh, and i would add to that action tribe think about some of the memories that you've had in your life as a kid some of the things that you did some of the hobbies that you had and had no idea that that could translate into a career or or, or a life experience think about that and be grateful because you never know when uh, an opportunity comes in your life when the ad of your life comes and you have to click on the ad and apply for that job or that life calling thanks a lot for sharing bruce you're welcome awesome so action tribe take a moment to really think about how you want to change your life do you want to improve your health do you want your finances to improve do you want your relationships to blossom do you want to evolve spiritually whatever it is take a few minutes to write it down your ideal day imagine that the changes that you want have already taken place note down how you're feeling what you're seeing what do you smell and who are you hanging out with go in detail and don't worry about whether or not it is possible just write down exactly what you want and spend about 2 to 3 minutes each day visualizing your transformed life because what i am finding out is that the hardest step to any transformation is actually believing that it can happen to you imagination is going to be the key to unlocking your wildest dreams and if someone tells you that it's not possible just turn around and tell them that nelson mandela once told the entire world it always seems impossible until it's done so bruce what is your life calling as on today it's to help people see the light about mindfulness and i really love to work in the mainstream world helping people maybe they mm. never thought about this at all it never occurred to them they've never read any books about this they just they just yeah. suddenly you know maybe something tweaked them that they thought oh what is this whole thing with meditation or with mindfulness and then i can share and bring that to them so that's why on my show i say i i interview people from the mainstream world i interview people from all walks of life who yeah. use some sort of mindfulness in their lives in hopes that i can share it with you whatever walk of life you're in so that it can improve your life beautiful and i noticed that you help a lot of entrepreneurs as well right like people who are in businesses yes i do yes i do so why do you feel it's so important for entrepreneurs or business people to get into mindfulness or to learn about mindfulness first of all entrepreneurs are are already self motivated to a certain extent or they wouldn't yeah. be uh entrepreneurs once you become an entrepreneur of course there's a tremendous amount of choice as to what you can do at any given time mm. if you're working for someone you're basically given the jobs you pretty much in most jobs you know you you know what you have to accomplish and you yeah. you you are given those jobs but as an entrepreneur you have to set that that tone and set that pace so entrepreneurs it's more important than ever that they have a really healthy mindset understand where they're going how they want to get there and the problem is it's so many times that that 
chattering voice in our heads, that monkey mind, that can get in your way. And for some reason, as human beings, we have that voice that is, you know, right there at the point where it can shut us down. Like, why do you think you can do this? Why do you think you should be doing such and such? No, no, you should just be playing it small. That's too big an idea, you know. And that voice can just be such a powerful close down and just completely stop you in your tracks. So entrepreneurs really, really need mindfulness to help them be positive and move forward. So profound. Thanks for sharing that. Now, my question is, in your life, as you look at your memories, was there ever a defining moment that changed your life? Maybe it was a passage that you read or maybe in it a phrase that you came across or an interaction that you had, was there ever a defining moment that really changed your life? There was. I was a teacher, a music teacher, as I mentioned, mm. and, and really enjoyed that. But one day I was outside, I was on yard duty, and there was a, a seventh grade boy who was standing by the wall. I knew him well because he was in my AV club. He was in my music class. I knew he was very talented and smart. He was athletic. And all the other kids his age were over playing basketball, having a lot of fun, laughing. And I still remember the moment of looking over there and there he was leaning by the wall, looking so unhappy. I went over and talked to him and I said, what's the matter? Like, why are you over here? Why aren't you playing with everybody else? Oh, nothing, nothing, no reason. I just feel like it. But I didn't let it go there. I asked some of the other kids and they said, well, it's his accent. And I said, mm. his accent? What do you mean? Because I knew him. I knew he didn't have an accent. And they said, oh, well, you know, he talks funny. And then I hadn't noticed it. But then I listened. He had a very, very minor speech impediment that certain words didn't come out the same way that they would with everyone else. And I I thought that's that's just insane. So it turned out he was being bullied. He was being he was being picked on. He was left out because of this. And I just made up my mind at that moment I was going to do something. I thought as a teacher I need to know exactly what to do to help him and I thought well I can help him while I'm there when he's in my classroom or when I can see him but I want to help more than that. So I started doing some research. I spent some time talking with them. And I said, you know, how about if I could go into other schools and teach about this and maybe teach you, maybe you could be in a video because I know you're very talented athletically. And maybe you could be in a video and talk through that video to other kids and talk about how it feels to be bullied and what's going through your mind. And maybe you could share yourself with the world by doing that. And he, he said, oh, Mr. Langford, I could, I could never do that. But two days later, he came back to me and he said, if I could just change one person's life, I it would be worth it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll make that video. So we made a video about an hour of just chatting back and forth and we edited it down to mm. a three minute video that has now been seen by over 120,000 middle school students. And they've been impacted by that boy. And it was that one moment in time that I, I still clearly remember, which pivoted everything for me when I transitioned into the world of bullying prevention, then later moved on from my teaching in a school. And it just really changed the trajectory of my life. Oh, beautiful. I think that's a really, really inspiring story. A couple of uh, uh, days back, in fact, I was a judge at one of the public speaking clubs oh, yes. that is for students. It's called a Gavaliers Club. You know, it's not Toastmasters because Toastmasters is more for the adults. They have these uh, Gavaliers Club. And uh, just seeing the kids who I think were of the ages of 8 to 14, but just seeing them 
uh, speak so eloquently and, and share stories that were so personal were empowering. And just knowing that uh, uh, kids these days are getting such opportunities uh, just makes you imagine how they would be like once they are maybe 22 or 25. I'm sure they'll be really amazing leaders. And as you've suggested, um, kids are like uh, clay, right? And uh, their minds are like clay. And it's how you mold that clay or the opportunities that you provide that is really going to shape um, the leaders and citizens of tomorrow. So I think you're doing something really amazing and noble uh, and using uh, or inspiring a kid who has gone through that uh, struggle or the challenge to empower other kids around the world. And it's clear from the number of views you received from that video, and it's working. That's, that's simply amazing. And with that, we've arrived at the last round for today, the Wisdom Round. where it's about four questions with four short responses that will provide our listeners an opportunity to take action and take notes. Take notes and take action. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you? Someone once said to me, Bruce, just let it go. Just allow it to happen. And then I know that's a big part of mindfulness. And a lot of times we think we have to control things. We think that we are in charge and we need to do something to change it. And that whole act of letting go has been so important for me in my life. So that's the best advice I've received. Perfect. Now, Bruce, uh, name a personal habit that keeps you going apart from mindfulness, because I know mindfulness plays a huge role in your life, but apart from mindfulness, a personal habit that keeps you going? Well, a personal habit that keeps me going is just playing the piano. It's just something I uh, really enjoy and it relaxes me and I feel, I, I just feel like that's something that I can always do that that uh, I have for myself. And, and it's just something that, that causes me to just unwind and just, move away from other thoughts or worries or other things that are going on in my life. So do you have a morning routine? I do. Yes, I do. I, a couple of years ago, I, I read the uh, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod and that had an impact on me. And so I follow that pretty closely. So I get up at 5.15 usually. It's around 5.15. I don't usually get up with an alarm. I just wake up and get up at 5.15 and I, I have a quick shower. And then the thing I always do after that is I meditate and I meditate before I do anything else. And after that, and, and that's a 20 minute period of meditation. And then I, I move on from there and I usually go right ahead and have a quick breakfast and I have a very healthy breakfast because I don't believe in processed sugar. Well, for me, at least I've excluded processed sugars from my life. So I, I pretty much always, uh, have something like porridge or some cereal that doesn't have added sweetener or something like that. And then I, uh, I do a little bit of journaling, usually only about five or 10 minutes. And then I have a total gym at home and I, I work out for a few minutes and just kind of do some stretches and and just I, I just feel the uh, tension sometimes in my shoulders just kind of begin to dissolve because of doing that. And then after that, I get on with my day and move toward um you know, doing whatever it is that I thought of the night before that I'm going to begin my day with, because I like to have things planned out and know what I'm going to be doing next. Got it. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. A book that I'd like to recommend is called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. It's by Wayne Dyer. And it's really uh, the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. And so what Wayne Dyer did is he took each verse of the Tao Te Ching and he wrote an essay on it. And it, it's just very powerful. I've listened to the audio book many, many times and really enjoyed his interpretation of it. I enjoy 
the verses themselves. And I found it's been very empowering in my life. Action Tribe, I know how much you love our book recommendations. And I know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on our show. And that's why Audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their amazing service. Now, Audible, if you haven't heard about them, has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or Kindle, including bestsellers like the Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash MSC. Once again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial, T-R-I-A-L dot com forward slash M-S-C for your free audiobook. So, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an amazing experience uh, chatting about your experiences and talking about mindfulness. Before you go, tell us something that you're grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. Well, like I said earlier, I'm truly grateful for my son. He helps me out in my life. He edits podcast episodes. He is just, he's just a mindful guy. And I learn a lot from him. Like I said, like I learn that he reacts to things in a very unemotional way sometimes. And it, it just teaches me that, you know, be aware of my emotions and don't let my emotions control me. And you can uh, learn more about me at mindfulnessmode.com mindfulnessmode.com and I do have a PDF that talks about exercise mantras and it's just a PDF that you can put up and remind yourself of the importance of of some of these mindfulness tools and you can you can have that for free by going to mindfulnessmode.com forward slash calm c-a-l M. Perfect. We'll have that up in the show notes. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us on today's show, talking to us about mindfulness mode or talking to us about mindfulness and how to get into a mindfulness mode and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ. It's been a true pleasure to be here. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.